it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everyone, this is Andrew Mearns. Kunj had some audio difficulties during this podcast, so we hope you'll bear with us as we work through this, and uh, which will be better next time. Thank you. Monument Park. I'm not John Williams, but just imagine some cool music playing aside from our intro music, which, in my opinion, also still slaps. But does slap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Andrew Burns, joined by Kun Shaw. How you doing? I'm doing alright. How are you? Doing pretty good. Uh, it's been a bit of a busy March for the both of us. Uh, I mean, we did have like the podcast network transition from SB Nation over to. Um, Fans First Sports Network, FFSN, which is where we are now. We are still going to be publishing stuff on Pinstrip Alley. But anyway, the point is you'll still be able to get all our podcasts with the same RSS feed. So no work done on your end. We're making it easy for you. And isn't yeah, that the best part of it all? That's the best. Yeah. I don't know how many of you would actually follow us, but I'm going to pretend all of you. Yes. David Robertson. David Robertson is tuning in from yes. uh, Mets camp. Yes. Where I guess he is suddenly the closer or something now. I don't know. Yeah, apparently. That's not my business, but good for him. Congrats. Yeah, sorry to Edwin. Anywho, but Yankees have had a whole bunch of stuff going on since we last spoke. We talked at the, I think it was just about the beginning of spring training when uh, we were a little sunnier on the Yankees. I don't think that we're like, season's over right now, but like it is frustrating that there was like basically back-to-back days where it's like oh we lost like four pitchers in a center fielder yeah that stretch of like 48 hours was not fun <laughs> yeah that, that that wasn't great i guess technically it was three pitchers in a center fielder since we already knew montas was gone we probably knew montas was gone the moment the yankees traded for him if we're being honest but <laughs> that is neither here nor there we've already said our piece on montas both for and against so let's focus on the the big injury that really is affecting the Yankees, Carlos Rodon and Harrison Bader. 
uh, it sucks because uh, Yankees really put. A, I'll, I'll focus on Bader in particular because his is a little bit more recent. But so much of the Yankees' plans for the start of 2023 in particular centered around, well, Harrison Bader in center because he's such <laughs> a good defensive player out there. And they don't really have another center fielder, you know? Like Aaron Judge is good at hanging out there for a little bit, but they understandably do not want to push it too much with him. So suddenly with Bader out for most of April, I would say, uh, there's a question of what the Yankees are exactly going to do out there. Yeah, but Bader was the plan. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's really what it comes down to. Bader was the plan, and now they're like, oh, man, this guy who has an injury history got injured. What do we do? Ah, crap. And it's not really talking uh, – it's not really to, to uh, talk to Mike about Harrison Bader because, you know, as far – as of right now, we still enjoy Harrison Bader. I'm mm-hmm. uh, still riding the highs from his postseason run. Um, but it's more just Yankees not being prepared for something that they probably should have seen coming. Yeah, this was something that we, I think we touched on in previous podcasts, how they probably should have added another outfielder. You know, they could have gotten jerks and Profar for like 7.5 million or 8 million just last week. But then the Rockies were like, hey, you want to come here? And yeah, I guess now he's with the Rockies for a pretty reasonable contract. But he would not have solved the center field problem, of course, but he would have at least added to the outfield depth because without being able to use Bader and center, then that definitely puts like uh, someone like Aaron Hicks probably out in left field. Maybe they use Oswaldo Cabrera, but they really haven't used him out there much this spring training. So it does feel like we're probably just going to see a lot of Aaron Hicks out there to start the season. Um, maybe we'll get some judge out there with some Stanton and right, but yeah, they, there's a, there's a big question in the outfield right now. Yeah. I mean, I will say we, I think we've seen Stanton play the field a little bit more than I was expecting this spring. Yeah. Maybe that'll continue, but who knows what, how, what'll actually happen once the week season starts in, uh, in a week. I think we just put IKF out there and call it a day. Yeah. It is funny how it's just like, you know what, IKF, you could just do whatever, go play left field, go play <laughs> center field. He, I heard he was even taking some reps and practice behind the plate again for the first time in a few years, because people sometimes forget IKF came up as a catcher with the Rangers and then yes, yes, moved over to shortstop. That transition that we all famously do. Gary Sanchez, maybe that's what you should have tried to. <laughs> Gary, <laughs> Gary, the shortstop. Hey, yeah. he's still unsigned. There's still time. Ooh. He did sign with some Dominican team. Some Dominican League team, I think. That was for, that's for a winter ball. So yeah. not a, yeah, he doesn't have a team him. yet for the actual season. <laughs> so, it's, yeah. It's just not promising when the big Gary Sanchez news in March is, hey, I have a job in December. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, cool, man. <laughs> I'm happy for you. And uh, I, I guess I should say, like, Estevan Floreal is theoretically an option because he is the other actual center fielder there, but the dude cannot hit. Uh, I like occasionally I like what I see from him, but he strikes out way too often already at AAA. And he's not the kind of guy who strikes out so much that you could overlook it because he's just not really doing much otherwise. Yeah. I mean, maybe they take a chance and bring uh, Willie Cullen up with them. Yeah. Uh, Rafael Ortega, also an option from the non-roster invitee, former MLB region, shall we say. Right. That's, that's certainly possible. If, and they, 
it wouldn't be crazy because there have been so many opportunities for the Yankees to bring L'Oreal up to the majors at points of the past few years. And they have tried to avoid it as much as possible. And that's at this point, that's not an accident, you know? No. And the opportunities he has had, he's done virtually nothing with. So yeah, like occasionally he'll have a, like a couple, a couple good games sandwiched back to back. And, but that, that's about it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and to your point, it's not just when he's been called up in the finals, he's been struggling and whatever, too. It's just like, all right, I just don't see it. Yeah, it's it's tricky. And again, this is a, sort of a mess of the Yankees are making because they could have done more to address that field depth. But, well, here we are. And uh, probably Aaron Judge is the opening to center fielder. Um, I think that's it's probably fine in the short term. Uh, I trust Judge as much as anyone on this team. So... It'll be fine, but it is a little annoying that it's like, okay, now we're just going to have to deal with, uh, you know, Aaron Hicks or IKF in the outfield, probably a bunch. <laughs> yeah, the, my issue isn't so much with Judge sliding over to center. Like, that's, like, the least of my concerns at this point. I mean, we saw how he handled it last year. He's a very good athlete, so I'm not concerned about him. It's more just the implications of that and what the rest of the roster does as a result of it is what bothers me. <laughs> yeah, the domino effect is is not very fun there, but... yeah. Well, no one is going to be feeling sorry for the Yankees. That's that's for sure. <laughs> I know. I pity them. Yeah. And we, we'll talk about it. the Carlos Rodon injury, too, and the ones to Tommy Canely and Lou Trevino. Bullpen, obviously going to be affected by Canely and Trevino not being there, but I do have a lot of confidence in the Yankees pitching infrastructure, basically, to plug in some random relievers and have them be either fine or good, because that's just what uh, Matt Blake and company do, you know? Right. It's not like Tommy Kingley or Lutrevino are going to be, uh, Lutrevino, are, they're, they're not going to be missed because they're just completely replaceable, but I think, to your point, it's just more like the Yankees have this unspoken ability, or maybe you speak about it, so it is spoken, to just plug in somebody and have them work for a few weeks and then be like, oh, cool. So I'm not too concerned about that, but I would I was looking forward to seeing uh, Tommy and his Thunder Thighs back in pinstripes, uh, you know, pitching in a bit uh, in the regular season. So I guess that'll just have to be pushed off for a little bit. Yeah, in due time, we'll we'll we'll, we'll get Tommy tight pants out there soon. Yes. But, but yeah, as for as much as like we can rag on like Albert Abreu. He's been mostly fine whenever he's been with the Yankees. He was definitely like the, the weak point of the bullpen at the end of last season, but the weak point of the Yankees bullpen is still probably like the better part of most teams' bullpens, you know? So exactly. Yeah. Like, he he's good. Albert Abreu was just like nitpicking his head for like another team. Yeah, he's he's perfectly fine. Greg Weiser has shown a lot with his like wicked slider and wicked movement. So I think he's another guy who could be good out there too. And they have this guy, Jimmy Cordero, who used to be a reliever at the White Sox, had surgery and then came back to the Yankees on a minor league deal last year and basically built his strength back up. And he's been showing off a pretty good sinker in camp. And he is like a 31-year-old guy. He's already on the 40-man roster. So he's probably got a good chance to make it in that one of those last bullpen spots too. I'm surprised you didn't mention uh, Greg Weissert's uh, mustache. Greg Weiser has a great mustache. Do you not know the rules of Pondyman Park? Yeah, yeah. I do. I've already disrespected things. Yes. It's over. Yes, Greg uh, Greg Weiser, excellent mustache. Yes. But, yeah, no, I think any one of um, Abreu, Weiser, Cordero is probably a good candidate as somebody that they could, like you said, bring up uh, right now. And then they probably have no issues cutting bait with him if or once uh, came there, Trevino getting healthy or they, he just isn't good or whatever. So, but... 
Yeah, like the best case scenario is that like suddenly you see a Cordero sinker is looking really nasty, and then maybe you have to make a call on demoting Weiser or cutting Abreu, and he might as well just find his way back to the Yankees again since that's just what happened last year when they traded him for Jose Trevino. <laughs> yeah, that's still that doesn't get talked about enough. Like, here you want Abreu and give us the best defensive player in the league, apparently. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Great. Cool. And then we'll take Albert Abreu back after he makes a pit stop with was it the Royals or something? Yeah. He's like just popped up back there. He's like, oh hello. No. Was it actually the Royals? He yeah, because he was he was with the Rangers of course at first, and then he was with the Royals for a hot second. And it's like, oh nope, I'm back with the Yankees now. Yes. <laughs> just had to make a quick pit stop for some uh Kansas City barbecue. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I understand that. So I wouldn't because I've never had it or been there, but I it's really started. good. I've heard. Yeah, I can I can attest to Kansas City barbecue. It is it is quality, and I'm not really much of a barbecue guy, honestly. But I do like Kansas City barbecue. I, I should I should make a point to visit there. Soon, yeah, especially since Missouri loves company. Yeah. Hey. hey. Mustaches <laughs> brings it back to uh, Carlos Rodon. Um, to it's a uh, again. It sucks that we're not going to be able to see him at the very start of the season, but it does seem like the Yankees and Rodon are not super concerned about this injury uh it seems like something he managed a little bit last year when he was with the giants too and you you kind of knew going into this contract with like a guy as talented as carlos Rodon, but like how much time he's missed over the course of his career he's probably going to deal with some nicks at some point so i guess better to play it safe early and plug in the holes for part of april and then have him just hopefully go the rest of the way and be pretty good uh, a little it was a little discouraging to see it happen like right out the gate but you know it's not something that they can't overcome yeah and i think it, it is a situation where they're probably just being a little bit extra cautious since it's still early and you know he's so yeah it sucks i'm sure the yankees would have liked to avoid it but they're probably thinking like hey let's just be a little bit extra cautious right now let him get right so then in the middle of the season we're not trying to like you know worry about two months without carlos or not then <laughs> Exactly. That's something that they want to avoid as much as they can, you know. And one thing that it is testing right now is the rotation depth, which is not super deep right now, especially not compared to where it was last year when you had like a JP Sears to throw in. And in in case of emergency, you could call up a Ken Waldachuk or a Hayden Westeski. All those, all three of those guys are gone. They went out in various trades last year for dudes who are injured now. So that's unfortunate. It is what it is, but as far as like guys to just jump into the rotation, fill the void right now, you could do a lot worse than Domingo Herman or Clark Schmidt. I've never been a huge Herman guy, but he's fine. And Clark Schmidt has nice new cutter that he's showing off in spring training. And he'd probably in other organizations, he would have been a, like a regular starter already, honestly. Right. Herman's not, doesn't really like excite me too much, but I will say like, he, like, he's probably a little bit better than just fine too. Um, he yeah. goes on his random stretches where he's actually really good, and I'm just like, I, I don't believe it. Yeah. And like, Are you sure? Wait, is this you? And then, yeah, but... Um, <laughs> just, like, asking opposing hitters, is this a bit? Are you just like, making him look good for some <laughs> yeah, reason? Right? No? No? Okay. Are you guys in on this? <laughs> yeah, we're tanking. Uh, uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, it is good that they, you know, both Schwitt and Herman were going to compete for a rotation spot, and so now it's just both of them in yeah. the rotation. So at least it was good that they had, you know, quote unquote six starters. But uh, yeah, anything happens now, it's kind of, it, it looks a lot more murky because you really have just your five starters right now. 
Yeah, and like they're in a position right now where now if like another starter gets hurt, then it starts to get really dicey because there's not much beyond them. I think Johnny Brito has shown a lot of potential in spring training. He's got some good velocity, and also his name is great, which is you know just as important, honestly, right? Now, is there any relation to Socrates Brito, and or is that a real person? Uh, Socrates Brito is a real person. I don't think there's any relation. The last name is spelled the same, but I don't think that there's relation. Okay. Should I don't ask know him. I was remembering a real person or not. Oh no, Socrates Rio existed. He was on like the Diamondbacks, then he was in the Yankees AAA organization for a little while. So yeah. Now he's apparently uh in the KBO, so good for him. But uh Socrates is neither here nor there. So well he is on the Vectors. Now that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but Johnny Brito it seems to be like probably who they would go to for like uh an emergency sixth starter if they need one, or maybe you'd see uh, like an opener situation. Maybe you'd see uh, like Ryan Weber come up for a hot second again, like he did at various points last year. So it's not as, it's not as deep as you would like, but it's just going to have to do for now. And hopefully the Rodon thing in particular is not something that drags on, but you know, there's still health risks throughout the rotation. Uh, like really, honestly, I say this knocking on wood, but aside from Garrett Cole, like all these guys have their own little question marks. Like Nestor Cortez is going to be there for the start of the season, but he had some hamstring stuff earlier. Luis Severino should be there too, but Luis Severino is Luis Severino. So you never know when he might have had some time off in the middle of season too. So well, we'll see what the Yankees do with this. Again, I do have a lot of confidence in Matt Blake. So I think they'll just roll with it and probably be fine because pitching strangely kind of does not concern me with the Yankees, but it, it'll be, it'll be here's storyline to follow. Maybe they should trade, trade an injured Harrison Bader for Jordan Montgomery. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? It'll work. It worked last time. So <laughs> yeah. Another one of the starters from last year who just is not there anymore, but yeah. Oh, well. but yeah no, like I said, I think I, I just, like you said, sorry, I think overall they will be fine. It's, it's going to be random. It's going to not look pretty, but they have a way of making these things work, especially on the pitching side of things. So I'm not overly concerned. I'm not loving the situation, but yeah, I think it, it'll overall be fine um, with just whatever the hell Matt Blake and company decide to plug and play and just be like, okay, look, this works. Yeah. Who know who else will be important with that is uh, Jose Trevino. So it seems like he's back from his weird wrist thing that kept him out for like, oh, we can change, but. That's another another guy who is stealthy important to this team because it's it's weird to think about because like you know twelve months ago he was not even on our radar in any way whatsoever but now he's just like oh god can you imagine the Yankees without Jose Trevino yeah and they only got him because the ghost of Ben Rortvet got hurt or whatever yeah. Mm. but yeah now it's just and at least with the the, the catching depth like throughout the whole. The past couple of weeks was definitely taking a hit with uh, Higashioka over on uh, going to the World Baseball Classic, Trevino getting hurt, and it's just like, okay, who's left? Because, yeah, nobody was left. Yeah. But yeah, Team USA like, wasting Higgy's talents, not pinch-hitting him for Mike Trout, you know? Yeah, they should have. They should have. But I think he got to catch an inning or two, I think. He did. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to find time when you're behind uh, JT Real Muto and Will Smith, but yeah, he, he was fine. Yeah. <laughs> If they ever do have to go through any extended stretches without Jose Trevino, then because you know, then it's Higgy and uh, I don't know Nick CFO or whoever that minor league guy they brought in. I've read his name about seventeen times in the past like week or two, just trying to remember it. I cannot tell you what it is. Well, that's what it is. I have no idea if I pronounced it correctly. So <laughs> hopefully, we don't have to learn it 
all due respect to the Siofo family. Or what, however it's pronounced. But Baseball yeah. reference tells me that it's Shufo. Nick Shufo, which I guess makes more sense. He's the enemy of shoes. Here's a fun fact about Nick Shufo. He was picked 11 spots ahead of Aaron Judge in the 2013 draft. Oops. Y'all <laughs> messed up. How dare you, Rays? I mean, actually, that's good. Never mind. Actually, you know what? I do, I've always been a fan of your draft picks. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, speaking of uh, draft picks and popular rookies and stuff, I don't know. That was a rough transition, but hey, shortstop. I support it. Yeah. Shortstop is still a question mark heading into opening day as well. It looks like the Yankees will probably end up going with Oswald Peraza. They do have a lot of confidence in his defensive ability at shortstop. And, you know, that's not IKF, so I will take that. But the Anthony Volpe factor in this whole equation is very interesting, too, because he's been terrific this spring. The organization is clearly very high on him. You've got Aaron Judge out there stumping for him. And it feels like even if Volpe doesn't make the opening day roster, we are going to see him very soon. Yeah, I, Volpe doesn't seem that far away from being on the Yankees roster. Like at that point, like especially with like Judge making public comments, you're, like if, if you asked me like three weeks ago, I'd be like, oh no, Volpe's definitely not making the the roster come, uh, out of camp, right? But then after Judge making public comments, just the way playing, I'm like. Now, I'm not, still not saying it's going to happen, but it just wouldn't surprise me at this point anymore. Yeah, it moved from like 5% to like 33% in my mind. I don't right. know. Yeah, it, it, again, it's still not happening. I think yeah. still going to give Oswald Peraza the initial shot, and they're not going to have both of them up there, I don't think, just to kind of sit around and hang out, right? No, so, I think they, they if they bring Volpe up, they're going to want to play him regularly, and right now... It's a it's a good problem to have, believe me, considering how much we've ragged on the outfield and starting pitching depth. But the infield is very full right now because right now, like in your regular lineup, you are picking between like DJ LeBayhew and Josh Donaldson sitting on the bench, and you know Josh Donaldson is whatever, but he's going to be here, so he's going to be playing a lot of third base anyway. But you know, in your right now in your opening day lineup, you got like Donaldson a third, Peraza at shortstop. Glaber at second, Rizzo at first. There's no spot for DJ LeMahieu unless you're sticking him at DH or something, moving Stan to the right field, which might happen. But yeah, it's a crowded infield mix, even without Volpe right now. I think probably in the ideal Yankees world, Volpe is in there anyway, and you just figure out something to do with Glaber or Donaldson. But and that's not to rag on like what Glaber's done either, because he's pretty good and i think people sometimes forget that but uh second is probably volpe's best position so you have decisions to make there yeah it, it's right now it's a problem that they don't need to solve but if they do need to they will figure it out because you just make more <laughs> yeah like i feel like the moments that someone from that infield mix gets hurt he's up you know exactly. and I think again. I think if I was making the opening day roster, I would find a spot for Volpe regardless. I think there's value to him getting time in the majors anyway. I think you can work him into, if not an everyday spot, a mostly everyday spot, and have it be fine. But if they need to have him like sit, hang around in Scranton for a couple weeks, I don't know, taking the sights of Lackawanna County, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and the decision become a lot easier, uh, like to make, and you know, just the roster become uh, the lineup would be a lot easier to pencil in if they just weren't so committed to making sure Donaldson got his at bats. Yeah, 
And that's yeah. probably the problem, which is like, it's like, all right, you're willing to be flexible with everybody else, but I feel like they're just not willing to be flexible with him of all people. It's like, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Well, at least his, I, the one thing that I will say that like, has been reported recently, and uh, PSA's Esteban picked up on this as well. His swing is looking a lot cleaner than it was at the end of last season. He's had some better results in the past week. So maybe if you want to be very sunny, there could be something left in Donaldson's bat. Wouldn't be the craziest thing to see him dead cat bounce after like his 2022 season. He is a, he is a guy with that talent in him. I'm not personally betting on it, but it would not be the craziest thing to happen. Yeah, I... I... I, I, like you said, I'm not betting on it, but I do have a little bit of hope or faith that he won't be as bad as he was last year. And that's just based off of um, giving him a slight benefit of the doubt because of how good he was before that. But, um, you know, age catches up with you frequently, so you never know what, what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, it's, this is like the lowest of floors, but I have more confidence in him than Aaron Hicks. Uh, Aaron Hicks is just sort of still here. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Josh Johnson did say like not too long ago that he would have retired if he didn't feel like he had anything left to offer, and I plan on holding him to that focus season. Just, just that I will bring it up every week. Yeah, like, I also don't know. believe him because he would be leaving like twenty five million dollars on the table. It's like, okay, man, sure. Yeah, no, it's just something you say, right? But yeah, it's like, I oh no, I'm definitely But I'm an annoying person, so I'm going to hold it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. We will see how this all lines up, and I'm sure IKF's going to get a bunch of time unless they find some trade for him in the days before opening day, which is possible, I suppose, uh, but I'm not expecting it. Yeah, anybody want him? Yeah, <laughs> Cashman's like, look, he can play everywhere. Doesn't he great? Anyone? No? I saw something about, like, oh, will, will the Yankees make a trade with the Astros now that uh, Jose Altuve's going to be missing time? And I'm like, no, man. Like, I don't think that the day of all people are going to want IKF to replace Altuve. No. Like, oh, you know who we could use? That guy who sucked. Yeah. Although, if they, if it did happen, it's just going to be annoying that where he would just randomly become good. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, no. Now he's just like uh, he's 2017 Marwin Gonzalez or something. <laughs> yeah. But, whatever. It'll all work out. Hopefully yeah. for the good of the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, take a short break and we will be right back and we're back. So we'll wrap up with some world baseball classic talk because that was very sensational. WBC. If you ask me, I watched a whole bunch of it, had some great ball games. Team Japan is incredible. It's cool to watch the team Mexico storyline, uh, and even Team USA, for like as much as the pitching staff was very whatever, made it all the way to the final and had a real shot at it. So really, really fun. Love this. Wish we got more of it. Yeah, no, it was definitely a great classic. I I like that they're doing the next one in just three years instead of four years. I think mm-hmm. that's that's good. I hope I'm I'm sure that's partially because they're trying to try and want to get another one in before another potential strike. But yeah. we'll just skip skip along past that uh, detail. No, it was definitely fun. I think as as exciting as that last game was, I think Mexico Japan was the game. Was oh fun. my oh. god, that was one of the best games I've ever seen. Right. Like <laughs> just late lead changes, crazy stuff going on. Randy Rosarena not torturing the Yankees. We'll take it. Yeah, um, but no, even the finale. Then you have Shohei Otani striking out Mike Trout to secure the championship. Like that's just yeah, that's, that's like just a literally that's a you write script. that up as like blue sky. 
dream idea and it actually freaking happened like that's up there with Derek Jeter's walk-off except this one actually made the game matter <laughs> yeah and this this has got really gotten people buzzing all around sports which I yeah. which I love to see because baseball sometimes gets buried these days but people were talking about that man and I think yeah. one of I, I don't <laughs> this is like worst person you know makes great point personified but Rob Manfred's one of his better qualities is how much he's insistence on making the WBC a thing, you know, even with the injuries. Yeah, it is weird and wild to me that the WBC is the brainchild of MLB because MLB just does everything wrong. Yeah. But, but they haven't tinkered with this as much. They haven't done anything with this as much. And they've just made the WBC work. The worst thing they did was let people like on MLB Network speak about the WBC. Who was it the other day on? With uh, Chris Russo, it was just like, oh, God. oh but the show ain't Otani as good as Joe DiMaggio. Like, shut up. Shut yeah, up. Like, shut up, my guy. <laughs> One, who cares? Two, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yes, he is better. That doesn't take anything away from what DiMaggio did. Nothing takes it away from that. But yeah, Shohei Otani is better. But more importantly, shut up. Yes. <laughs> no, and and it, it is, it, you, you are right about, like, the, the world was buzzing about that. Like, obviously, you know, in Japan, I think I saw like 96 or 97% of TVs in Japan were tuned into that final at bat. Um, Connor McDavid, who is the best hockey player on the planet right now, was talking about the WBC the other day. Um, this is a quote from him, actually. It's, it's what we've been asking for in hockey for a long time. Best on best. Look, everyone's been talking about baseball. And did you see what Otani versus Trout? That's what hockey's been missing for about a decade right now. We haven't had any other sport talk about like, oh man, we need to do what baseball did. Yeah, right. Like, ever. <laughs> and you have literally the best player in another league. And mind you, it's the NHL, right? It's not you're not talking about an NBA or an NFL player coming out and saying like, oh yeah, no, we need to do that. So NHL is also like probably you know on the bottom tier of the four of North mm. American sports, but still just an indictment on what the WBC was able to do. And I think you know this excitement and all that it probably ends up with an even stronger roster for Team USA in 2026, I'm hoping at least. Like yeah, like, I think, and like Manfred has also made a point if he wants to see better pitching in the next WBC, and I think he's probably going to be someone who's going to try to make that happen. And I know that some teams are going to be more hesitant, and maybe the Edwin Diaz thing puts a scare on some folks, but a lot of players really want to do this, especially those outside of America, like we should say. Like, there is so much, so many players who were on these teams around the world, like it's, it's remarkable and it's only growing. It's only getting bigger. This is so important for baseball growing worldwide, not just major league baseball because other podcasts have talked about this before, but baseball is so much more than just major league baseball. And I think sometimes people miss that. Like that's the problem. It it does get missed. And so part of the reason why I've been rooting for Japan, the whole tournament, they, they were my picks to win. Um, just they were a ridiculous they, ball club. Like, yeah, what is that pitching staff? That, Jesus. That pitching staff just, they're just a fun team. I have a special love for you, Darvish. So like, there was a lot of reasons for me to root for Japan. And I was happy when they won. But I was also a little bit happy that the U.S. didn't win. And it's like more just because like I feel like we as a country wouldn't have appreciated that win enough. Yeah, and like there would certainly be pockets that would be super enthusiastic about it, but not to the same de- degree that like – Japan any other team or winning. Venezuela or any other team winning, I think, would have appreciated it more. Yeah. And that's because, like, in America, we take baseball for granted because of we have MLB. 
And we have to remember that, like you said, baseball is just so much larger than that. Like, you know, you have the Korean League, Japan League. Like, there's so many other leagues out there, like, and they love this sport. And, you know, MLB is just doing everything they can to suffocate it. And But the WBC works. Mm-hmm. It's great. Love it. Yep. More WBC. Yes. Yes. More more competitive, good baseball. Yeah. And that, that's another thing, too. It's just nice to get some really good baseball immediately in March. So that sort of fills the void for a little while. And then, like, we only have, like, basically a week and change between the WBC final and opening day. So... We just, now this week is just sort of like, all right, let's just, uh, you know, not get hurt and uh, roll into the season. Yeah. As far as the injuries are concerned, I mean, that, like, it, like, nothing happened where it was like, oh, this only happened because they were at the WBC, right? Maybe you could talk about Edwin Nunez because he probably wouldn't have been jumping around like that for in like a, Mar- uh, in a March game, but probably would have been in an April game at some point if the Mets walked off or something. So it could Yeah, have and like if it's possible that if, he takes a weird step anyway and hurts himself. Like we saw Gavin Lux get hurt and like tear his ACL yeah, for the season, basically. So this sort of stuff just happens in spring training anyway. People get hit with pitches in spring training too. That's not just an Altuve WBC thing. That just right. happens. Like also get Justin Turner out. got drilled in the face in Red Sox spring training. Like exactly. It just happens. It sucks. And we're also not that far removed from the Mets practicing uh celebration <laughs> in spring yes. training. It could have happened there. <laughs> yeah, God, that would have been the most Mets thing possible. And I think that was still when the Wilpons on the team too. But <laughs> I know. That's what like, I didn't make a point to say it was a current regime, but it was just we're not that far removed away from that happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in short, yay WBC. See you soon. Yes. All right. So let's, uh, I think we'll start to wrap this thing up with our Yankee and Manfred of the week. All right. Who you got for Yankee of the week? So I'm going to dial it back a little bit um, because we haven't recorded since this happened. But my Yankee of the week, and this will only happen this right now, is going to be Aaron Judge because after this, it's probably going to be my other Yankee of the week. But he's, he he has the spot on retainer, basically. He, he does have the spot on retainer. But when the, when the when camp started, he was talking about his uh, he was talking about Looney Tunes or whatever. And I forget what exactly his oh, oh yeah. His quote. So they were asking about like uh, they, you know, they do the spring training videos about like oh, what's your favorite TV show? Blah 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 blah. And then so he was mic'd up for one of the games, and he just had this quote. Daffy Duck kind of pissed me off every now and then. He was always messing with bugs. And I have not stopped thinking about that quote since I heard it. And so, Aaron Judge, you were my Yankee of the Week for that quote that happened on March 1st. Hey, you know what? We will count it because that ruled the video where he was, like, debating for, like, almost a full minute before coming yeah. up with the Looney Tunes. Yeah. 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 I relate to that. I relate to yeah. that. Uh, my Yankee of the Week is going to be a guy that I am really excited to see on the mound again, and that is Michael King, because we've gotten a little taste of him in spring training. The Yankees really missed him low-key down the stretch last year. Obviously, the bullpen is never like in serious trouble, but it's just a different caliber of pitcher coming in when it's not Michael King, because when he's at his best, he's the best guy that they have in the bullpen, I think. It's like him or Jonathan Lewiska. Maybe sometimes Clay Holmes gets up to that, too. But like the stuff that King flashes is starter repertoire, and it's nasty. And he's not allowed to run in spring. He's struck out a bunch of whole, whole bunch of dudes. Uh, looking forward to seeing him again. Seeing him again. Maybe this will be the year he gets to his 100 innings. <laughs> you know what? Hey, we, we stand a 100-inning king. 
Long-time listeners of the of our podcast and my ramblings will know I will take random reasons to love random relievers, and Michael King would want having a hundred inning goal uh, was my reason to love him before it became cool. Hell yeah! All right, uh, who's your man for the week? I'm also going to reach back in uh, a couple weeks for this one, and I'm going to go Hal Steinbrenner uh, because that article that came out about the Yankees not uh, paying for Wi-Fi on their Oh my god, that was stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Also incredible journalism, but yeah. Yeah, like, just the whole thing is just so dumb in general, but like, dude, come on, man. Like, mind you, I almost get it if he was just like, listen, in-flight Wi-Fi is so unreliable, it's just a waste of money. If you think just came out and said that, like they'd be like, you know what? I, I kind of respect it because I've had my issues with in-flight Wi-Fi. But nothing like that came out. It just seems like the Yankees being the Yankees, and they're like what one of two teams that don't pay for the Wi-Fi on their on their chartered flights. And it's just like, what are you doing there? Yeah, come on. What what do we what do we do here? Get out. And the other one I think is the Reds. So yeah. congratulations on being in being in that category, Hal. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to keep it easy. My man for the week is anyone trashing the WBC. It rules. If you were not watching those games and not like amazed and like gripped, then I don't know what you're watching the sport for because that was some incredible baseball. Edge of your seat. We love it. Never get rid of it. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. So that'll do it for us on Podium Park. You can follow us on Twitter at Podium Park. Follow me on Twitter at Merns PSA. Hey, still follow Pinstrip Alley at Pinstrip Alley. And uh, you can't follow Kunj because uh, he's on Twitter and he's smarter than the rest of us. I am. I am. I am. I'm proud of that, too. Yeah, that's it. Hey, <laughs> sorted. All right. So we'll be back. We'll probably try to get in another pod before opening day. But until then, see you later. See you.